Whether we die in this generation physically and go to be with the Lord or the rapture takes place or we see the coming of the Lord, hey, we're all going to have to stand before God one day. The judgment of God will come. But right now, He's offering to each one of us His love, His grace, and His mercies because God is still patient. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson continues our focus on the great faith legacies of Scripture. As Raul explores the brief biblical mention of a man named Methuselah, we'll see God's patience and mercy on full display in the years leading up to a global flood. Keep listening for encouragement to heed God's warnings against sin and fully surrender your heart to His grace. At the end of our study today, we'll share how you can order this entire Men of the Bible series. But first, here's Roel Reese with the lesson, Methuselah, a type of God's patience. This morning, I'm going to take you back to the book of Genesis once again. If you have your Bibles, turn to the fifth chapter of the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 5. And if you read through the Bible systematically... You know that in chapter 5 of Genesis, we have a chapter full of names. That is, we have Adam's genealogy here. And really what we see in Genesis chapter 5 is the family of Adam, but it's all a chapter of death. And he died, 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 and he died. And you read all the way through. He died, he died, and he died. Until you get to verse 21. And then all of a sudden, there's a living person by the name of Enoch. And he did not die. The Lord took him. But what's interesting is that Enoch, before he was taken by God, Enoch had a son by the name of Methuselah. I don't know if you ever heard the name. Methuselah is a pretty interesting person. There's not much written about Methuselah. But Methuselah reminds me of the patience and the grace of God. When you read it. I tried to read this whole week something about Methuselah. And I could not find material on Methuselah. And so what I did is I just took what the Bible says about Methuselah. And I want to speak to you about this man that not only has a message for you and me, but I believe that God used Methuselah in an incredible way to bring his message to a world just like our world today. A message of hope, but at the same time, a message of judgment that is coming very soon. Beacon. Spurgeon, Torre, Moody, almost every major commentary in the languages and in the commentary all agree with Methuselah's name. In the Hebrew it means, when he shall die, it shall come. What came? When he died, the flood came 
and wiped out the whole world. I think that we have to be wise and we have to be prayed up because we need to examine our own hearts to see where we are spiritually. Because surely I would not want to be left behind. I want to go when the trumpet sounds. I want to be like Enoch. I want to walk with God every day. And when God calls me home, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Listen to what he says in Genesis 5, 25 to 28. He says, Methuselah lived 187 years and begot Lamech. And then he begot Lamech and Methuselah, notice, lived 782 years and had sons and daughters. And so all the days of Methuselah were 969 years and then he died. Lamech lived 182 years and then had a son. So we begin to see that this man was living in a time where it was never really rain on the earth. Kind of like a Hawaii weather. There was a cloud covering over the earth. It had never really rained or poured down on the earth. The climate was very nice, very moderate. But at the same time, here God already was beginning to warn because the world was becoming so wicked. So wicked that Noah tells you that the times that he was living under, it was a time of violence, a time of crime, a time of homosexuality, a time where everybody was liberal in their theology and beliefs. And the word that he uses for the place to be corrupt is like an apple that is totally corrupt and is no good to be eaten, but to be thrown into the trash. When it turns brown and soured and is of no value anymore. That was the condition of the world at the time of Noah. And yet, Methuselah was alive, already warning through his name. And yet people were not willing to listen to what Methuselah would say. God had allowed this man to be born as a sign of his coming judgment. But also... Of his grace that he was pouring out for 969 years. He's the longest person that ever lived on the earth. 969 years. Methuselah was Enoch's son. And he lived 969 years. In other words, 969 years of what? God's patience. God's long suffering. For people not to perish, but to come to the knowledge of the truth. And yet, the whole world vanished and perished into eternity. Without God and without hope. Only Noah and his family made it into the ark. Everybody else drowned in the flood. How sad. It tells us in Genesis 6, 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with men forever, for he indeed is flesh, and his days shall be 120 years. 120 years. And they had a visible sign. What was the visible sign? The ark that he was building. And they laughed. And they mocked him. Imagine that. Until the flood came. And yet... In 1 Peter 3.20, we also were warned, he says, For formerly were disobedient, 
who once divine long suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water. Only eight souls survived, and millions upon millions of people drowned in the flood. Young men, babies, mothers, and fathers, they all perished in the flood. God is so patient with sinful men. And yet today, God warns that judgment is coming, but very few people listen. And even fewer people believe the Bible. That the word of God is right on when it comes to the things of God. Second Peter chapter 3, 1 says, Beloved, now I write to you the second epistle, in both which I stir you up in pure minds by way of reminder... That you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets in the Old Testament of the commandment of us, the apostles, in the Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. Knowing this first, the scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own desires of the flesh. And they will be saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since our fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. That's not true. Things change. For this they willfully forget. By the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water in the water, by which the world then existed, perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. You see, God speaks not only of the past, but of the present and the future. How judgment is coming to all ungodly men. But beloved, do not forget this one thing that in the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not flat concerning His promise, as some counts slackness, but is long-suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. All should come to repentance. That's why God hasn't sent His judgment yet. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you have prayer requests or Bible questions that you'd like Rawl to personally address, you can email him at pastorrawl at somebodylovesyou.com. And for Bible-rich resources to grow your faith, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. Let's return now to the final part of our study. Methuselah, when he shall die, it shall come. It shall come. Methuselah was a testimony of God's divine patience, but God's divine grace upon an earth that was so wicked and so corrupt. At this time, we see the world in a mess, just like the times of Noah, just like the times of Methuselah. You go back in Genesis 6.10, it says, And Noah began, begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth was also corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. And God looked down on the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. You notice how many times in three verses it uses the word corrupt? It means rotten, like an apple that is of no value to be thrown into the trash. The earth was of no value anymore. And God said to Noah, 
The end of all flesh has come before me. The earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I, God, will destroy them with the earth. I'm going to send a flood. They're all going to die. Sad, but it happens. It is so true that from our own standpoint, the judgment of God is slow in coming, but it will come. It is God's divine perfect time to judge this world. But you see, this is not because God hates us or is indifferent to sin. Or worse yet, because He does not exist. Yes, God exists. God hates sin. It is because God's timing and because He delays His judgment in order to give people an opportunity to be saved because God loves people. God loves you. That's why He hasn't sent His judgment. He holds back as much as He can, but then the judgment of God is drawn. The lines are drawn. God is calling out to each one of us individually. God desires that we would seek Him with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, with all of our strength. And then we would love Him completely and wholly. Isaiah chapter 55, 6, 7 says, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake His way and the unrighteous men His thoughts. Let Him return to the Lord and He will have mercy on Him. To our God, for He will forgive you your sins. He will forgive you if you return to Him. Second Peter 3.11 says, Therefore since all these things will be dissolved, then what kind of people are we to be? We are to be holy in conduct, in godliness, looking for a hastening the coming day of the Lord Jesus Christ, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, the elements will melt with a fervent heat. It's not going to be destruction by water any longer, it's going to be by fire at the end of the age. The world will actually be consumed by fire. Nevertheless, we... According to His promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, let us be diligent and to be found by Him in peace without spot, blameless. Notice that. This is what God desires of us. We do not know when God's second coming and final judgment will come, but it is coming closer by the hour, by the minute, and by the day, and by the year. It's coming. God has already pronounced it. In Romans chapter 1 verse 18 through verse 24, Paul the Apostle describing not only our own times, but describing his times and describing the heart of men and society said this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifested to them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so they are without excuse. That is to the evolutionist, denying creation. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became empty in their thoughts, and their foolish heart was darkened. 
Professing to be wise, they became stupid and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible men, like birds, four-footed animals, creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies among themselves, homosexuality and lesbianism. If you don't want the truth of God, God will give you up. Do whatever you want to do. At the end you pay. You reap the consequences of your sin. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he reap. God is patient. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. God's judgment could come at any time, and yet people do not have the fear of the judgment of God. But yet, Matusala, when he shall die, it shall come. It shall come. And it's going to come. We need to be living godly lives. We need to do what Paul says in the letter to the Romans. He says what? In Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to be careful how we live, how we use our bodies, recognizing that they are now the house of God, and God lives in me, not in this building, in my body. God lives as I've invited my heart. That's important. Paul the Apostle in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 16 and 17, and chapter 6, 19 and 20 said this, Don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit of God who dwells in you? And the word temple there in the Greek is the word the holiest of holies in the Old Testament where the priest would only go in once a year on the day of Yom Kippur or Atonement. Today you are the temple of the living God. God's holiest of holies is your body. And if anyone defiles the holies of holies of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Or don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, which is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Notice how much God says to you and to me. As we become the temple of the living God. Then Paul the apostle in all of his epistles. In Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the desires of your flesh. For your flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you wish. But if you are really being led by the Holy Spirit, then you are not under the law. That the works of the flesh are evident, which are what? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, which are drugs, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissension, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, wild partying, 
And like of which I tell you beforehand, just as also I told you in times past, that those who continue to practice such things at the present time will not inherit the kingdom of God. How much, how much clearer do we need it? Will not inherit the kingdom of God. If you find yourself in one of these sins, you will not inherit the kingdom of God. Again, Paul, Ephesians 5, 3 through 7, speaking to Christians. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as it is fitting for Christians. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor dirty jokes, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no fornicator or unclean person or covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. Then again in 1 Thessalonians 5.1. But concerning the times and the seasons, brother, you don't have to be ignorant. I'm writing to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord is coming as a thief in the night. For when they say peace and safety, then sudden destruction will come upon them. As labor pains upon a pregnant woman, and they shall not escape it. But you, brethren, speaking to Christians, are not in darkness, so that this day should overtake you as a thief. You are all the sons of light, sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as others are sleeping. But let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep in the night. And those who get drunk, get drunk in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplates of faith and love, and as a helmet of hope of salvation. For God did not appoint us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us. But whether we are awake or asleep, we should live together with Him. Therefore, comfort each other and build up one another, just as you also are doing so now. So all these scriptures that we have before us, is God is pleading with His church. As God is pleading with people, Matusala, when He shall die, it shall come. It shall come. 1 John 5, 18, 21. We know that whoever is born of God does not make a practice of sin any longer. But he who has been born of God keeps himself, and the wicked one, Satan, doesn't touch him. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one, Satan. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true, and we are in Him who is true, in His Son Jesus Christ. This is the true God and true eternal life. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. God wants us to keep ourselves from idolatry. God wants us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what kind of a sin you're in today. But I know one thing, Matusalah, when He shall die, it shall come. It shall come. Whether we die in this generation physically and go to be with the Lord, or the rapture takes place, or we see the coming of the Lord, hey, we're all going to have to stand before God one day and give an account. The judgment of God will come. But right now, He's offering to each one of us His love, His grace, and His mercies. 
because God is still patient, waiting for you to come to Him. Well, today's lesson shows us that while we don't know what the future holds or how many years we have on this earth, we can be certain of God's patient, saving love and His perfect judgment of those who reject Him. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's teaching in its complete form, we'll send you an unedited version for a donation of $5 or more. Just call us at 800-634-9165 and ask for the message titled, Methuselah, A Type of God's Patience. As you reflect on where you stand with the Lord, we'd like to offer you this entire inspiring series— Rawls' 20-part study titled Men of the Bible is available on both CD and a flash drive. Exploring the spiritual journeys of faith heroes like Abraham and Daniel, you'll see how you can experience personal communion with your Almighty God when you come to Him in trusting surrender. To order Rawls' 20-part Men of the Bible series, visit SomebodyLovesYou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your CD set for a gift of $26 or a thumb drive for $21. That's 800-634-9165. If you choose to order by writing us, our mailing address is Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese is fully listener-supported. Your generous donations help us keep sharing the good news of the gospel, and every gift is tax-deductible. Next time, as we continue this series, we'll take a sobering look at the fallout of willful, selfish sin in the life of a man named Samson. Contemplating the compromises that led to terrible consequences, we'll get a challenge to surrender to God in wholehearted obedience. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.